imagine the output then, a ref that could earn $1.5 million, but they're exceptional. The games aren't blown. There's not weekly controversy. There's not player frustrations. There's not fans that are disgruntled saying, I want to turn this shit off. It's just, it works like a well-oiled machine and, you know, they're getting rewarded for ensuring that the product is strong. Welcome back to the Basketball Forever podcast. I'm Nick Young for Head of Editorial here. And as always, joined by the founder of BF and a man who outsources all his difficult decisions in life to chat. What is it? GTP? GPT? Yeah, GPT. That one. Alex Samsky, welcome, mate. I, um, I don't really need staff anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah, great. Because <laughs> I've I'll got... I'll um, myself out after this episode. I've got like a thread set up now for like 10 different functions within the business. It's just, and I've, I've even got one set up where it's like, it's meant to find logical fallacies yeah. in arguments. And then every time I have a, any discussion, any thought on anything, just jump in there. Just to, just a stress test. Yeah, Like w- whether it's as like mundane as some innocuous NBA discussion or like some huge business decision, AI. Yeah, we'll have an argument NBA related. And then I think we're done. And then 10 minutes later, you get a screen. Just a second. Yeah, I get a screenshot with like 500 words of text explaining in great detail as to why I'm wrong. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but there's been times when it's explained why I'm wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, that's gospel now. I would, what that says goes. Yeah. If, that's, yeah. if its ruling is that I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Speaking of, um, you know, being wrong, <laughs> the referees... In, oh my in very much in the spotlight. It's really coming to a head, isn't it? And the the Lakers in particular, the frustration was clearly building for them before the Boston game. But that Boston game clearly oh. um, really was... It was a real know, tough watch. It blew up from there. Mm. Um, and so the Lakers now believe that they've been robbed of four or five games now. Well, according to the two-minute report, they have been. Yeah. If you look at... I mean, by the ref's own assessment of themselves, they have lost at least four of those games. We can't, you know, make sure we get these calls right in the moment, but we can immediately after the game. And, I, you know, Darvin Ham, I, I felt his pain when he said, spare me the two-minute report. Yeah. Like, you're telling That's, me what I knew in the moment immediately after the game? Yeah. Just, like, spare me. It's, no, too, it's too late 100%. Now. That's, that, would, that just burns, doesn't it? That's, you know... Um, insult to injury. And did you feel like, you know, we were both saying heading into that Knicks game, Lakers-Knicks. Oh, I, I have not slammed a bet harder. Yeah. I took Lakers to win head-to-head. I took them the line. I was like, Lake, they'll get every favorable call under the sun now, mm. which, you know, that kind of speaks to the ridiculousness of the state of refing now, doesn't it? I mean, it, the fact that it's just... You know, oh, I fucked you on on these games, so let me, you know, throw you a bone here. Like I'll, I'll a couple of phantom calls, a few concessions here and there. Which and really, Bob's so your those uncle, ones are won wrong the game. as well. Yeah, those ones are wrong because they're wrongly favourable. Exactly, after you wrongly screwed us here. I thought that that was a. Um, I think that it, the the ruling on the floor with, on that goaltend was that it was a goaltend. I think. Mm. I still thought on the replay that it looked like it could have been and it was on its way down. I didn't have a dog in the fight, but I did think that, you know, I needed the Lakers to win and I still thought it was a goaltend. Yeah. And I th- and yeah, you financially had a big dog in the y- fight. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm trying to be like impartial when I say yeah. that I genuinely thought that yeah. they got the call right. And I almost believe that no matter what happened there, there was they overturned that because they owed the Lakers. Right. Any 50-50 that yeah. could just really go they needed way, to give the Lakers. You know who, where it's going. Even Ma- though they're on the road, doesn't matter. I just think the optics would have been so bad to go a sixth game or a fifth game or whatever of screwing the Lakers out of a chance to win a game yeah. off off the bat, back of a questionable call. I just think that as a body, they weren't going to be able to stomach that. So you've been talking a bit in the office about we need to fix this in terms oh, yeah. of the refs and um, right it down to an overhaul. structural uh, deep reform. Mm. So what, what are you thinking? I, and by the way, I don't think this is like a an NBA-specific problem, mm. but I do think that there are other... There are other leagues in the world that tackle it a little bit better. Okay. Uh, um, and, and I think that the NBA could adopt this model. I don't think it's like financially feasible um, for other ones, you know, say the NBL. They'll never be able to do something. I mean, they could do something like this if there was a concerted effort. If they really, truly cared, they yeah. could find a way to make this work. But I do think that it's so easy to chalk up to put put it in the all too hard basket. Right. Uh, for a smaller league like the Australian league. I get yeah, that. But yeah. I think the NBA are really, really um I, I think that there's it's one of those things where you're only as as a league, you're only as strong as like your your weakest part of the game. Mm. And the weakest part of the game is the officiating. Mm. And I don't think there's any contest there. So I think if you really care about fixing the product and by the way, you know there's a huge market for, I mean, obviously the NBA is a big market, but think about how much money was in circulation over that Lakers, like Boston game. Like you could have had like a hundreds of millions of dollars, a billion dollars, you know, riding on the NBA that day. Um, and one incorrect decision by some one dude standing on the court impacts the entire market. It's, yeah. it's like, I, you know, given I, I feel like in those instances, a lot of people can request refunds and and whatever, uh, and, and they would have been granted by m- most honest betting companies. Uh, but it's just the principle of it, right? Right. Like, that's something that needs addressing. Mm. And it's not just for gamblers' sake. No, no. Obviously. It's just for, <laughs> just for fans. But I was yeah. just more thinking, like, think about what's at stake, not just but just just financially alone yeah. for for the market around the market yeah um yeah. but my whole thing with refing is or officials in the nba is i think that they should be treated like players i think we need to sh- change the structure um of their of their contracts uh so right now an nba ref will make on the low end just starting out they'll come in They'll, they'll earn, they get paid per game, but mm. they'd probably earn about $250,000 a year. Um, and then it sort of moves up into the 300 plus range, depending on their experience level. When you're talking about sort of veteran referees, some of the best in the business, This is pe- these are people with like 20 years experience, 30 years experience in some cases. Um, you know, the, uh, the heavy hitters, they can earn up to sort of 550 a year. 
Don't forget name and likeness. No, only kidding. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Imagine yeah. that. Yeah, far Joey out. Crawford or something back in the day on your Wheaties box. I reckon, I wonder if there's ever been refs with, nah. Endorsement they, deals? They can't. That no, would no, be no, hilarious. No. There can't be. That's impossible. But there's a, there could be now. <laughs> yeah. There could be like popular refs with my structure. Um, well, um, Eric Lewis, maybe he, he's probably a hero yeah. in Boston these days. He's, I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> just, I still think of his, that tweet with his wife and kids in the Boston jersey. Yeah, yeah. Let's oh. go Celtics. Um, so I think they've all got sort of like a standardized pay structure. Um, I think putting the refs on contracts in the same way the players are and structuring the deals you know, similarly and treating them like players means that there's an opportunity to bring in sort of a player level of accountability. Um, and what I mean by that is like, like you know, even in ways such as um, creating like a centralized like statistics database, you know, when, you know, you, you can go into the NBA app, you can go onto like basketball reference, whatever, you jump online, you want to look up how a player's going, you can pull up their stats, you can pull up their game logs, you know, they've got an MVP ladder. Not got, only that, you can analyze it within an inch of their lives. Like 100%. The, the detail in the advanced stats and those tracking yeah. Tracking numbers and all of it. There's almost no element of the game that's not tracked when it comes to players. Yeah. And as a result, there's never been a time where players have been held to a higher standard. Mm. Like it is very, very difficult to be considered a good player in today's NBA. All those numbers plus the fact that everything is, you know, filmed and then social media. Exactly. More to the point. Exactly. Yeah. Now, refs do have that scrutiny, you know, just take a look at the Lakers-Boston game, but Imagine... Yeah, they dug into that man's yeah, family's Twitter. Exactly. I, I yeah, get that. So there's scrutiny there. There's scrutiny, but there's not accountability, is there? No, that's very different. Um, and when I look at, you know, I, I, so I just wrote a couple of notes because I was like, you know, if I was trying to create my refing utopia, what would it look like? So I said, you know, you create a centralized database. A database should be created to store all the relevant information about the refs and their officiating decisions. It'll help track their performance, identifying areas for improvement, and then we make the refs' stats publicly available the same way that players are. Mm. So you can go on and you see like fouls per game. Like we can create a whole bunch of statistical categories and you can – there could be a, um, a game score, there could be a PAR uh, rating or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like the, an equivalent statistic. Uh, that's not for me to work out. There will be much better, you know, I'm talking to John or you name – someone out yeah, there. Yeah, John will, Hollinger, you busy. Someone out there can He's come up time. with that. But you do that, suddenly you can, you know, there's really that sort of public uh, accountability now um, for for their like game by game performance. Imagine digging through the numbers where it's like, oh, this particular ref has called twice as many uh, tech fouls as the guy who's second on the list. Or yeah, there would be but the endless same, interesting things to look at. With but the same way that, that you have turnovers for a player. And say, oh man, he's leading the league in turnovers. You could have a ref leading the league in missed calls. Yeah. And you could incredible. be like, so now if you've restructured their contracts and their salaries, and these are performance based, like you can get signed to a contract as a ref, the same way you mm. can get signed to a contract as a player. You don't have standardized pay. You could be earning a lot of money, or you could be earning very little money. You could be signed on like a vet minimum or equivalent form of contract right. for refs based on your performance. In the same way that we look at here, like, okay, this guy, he's like the 10th highest paid player in the league, mm. but his points per game might be 50th. So we've seen a massive discrepancy there. Right, right. So imagine if you had a, 
uh, a ref right now that's in the top percentile of of you know paid referees, but yet they have the fourth amount of missed calls in, among all refs in the NBA. Yeah, you'd start to start. You know, we can start picking apart the value of the contract and them as a ref the same way that we do with players. It's only fair. I think so. And, you know, people would argue, well, they're not getting paid the same. So what? The, the refs in the NBA get paid more than professional basketball players in most leagues. Right. And the other thing is, I know they're not getting paid the same, but you don't need to be paid NBA money to be held accountable. I don't think Normal so. people in normal jobs on 50 grand a year- Are held uh, accountable. Are held accountable. They have regular performance reviews. Yeah, yeah. And you're not allowed to turn around and say, well, I'm not on um, LeBron James money. So if I look up right now, average salary for an executive in Australia. So the average salary is like $115,000 for an executive. It can go all, all, the, all the way up. So I, I, let's just say, say that for a CEO, the average could be anywhere from like $155,000 to $200,000, right? Sheesh. A base level ref. Can you bump me up to the average, mate? <laughs> <laughs> mate, get to executive level, then we'll start talking. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that if you look at like refs, what they're getting at an entry level, mm. that's still head and shoulders above what some CEOs might earn. If you're earning $550,000 a year, USD, you're getting close. That's what, like Seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars Australian, right? Per annum, the NBA money kind of warps our perception to the point where you think two hundred grand a year is nothing. That's, that's huge pretty money. nice payday, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so why not have that level of accountability? Mm. Um, I think that improved transparency, like a system, you know, in place that you know allows people to check the calls, um, and from. Uh, a player perspective, a team perspective, a fan perspective is really, really powerful. It, it changes the dynamic and the power structure completely. Um, I think the other thing that I, again, treating them like players, following the same trend, if we provide sort of continuous training, I think referees should receive regular and continuous training to keep them up to date on the latest rules, regulations, best practices. Do they not already? But, but I'm saying they should have training sessions the same way that players have training and practice sessions. Okay. So you bring them in every, you know, so, you know, a player has to train, right? Like they have to train, you know, every other day mm. um, or three times a week or whatever you want to call it, right? Refs should be training. They should be running training scrimmages and having, you know, pathway players come through and then they're in there getting their reps in. They should be training and being uh, assessed uh, uh, to make sure they're roadworthy. You know, yeah, okay. before you're putting them out there. Because like, no doubt they're Because imagine if, a, if an NBA player doesn't show up for training or doesn't train, is he making the court? No, he's not meant to be if he's not at practice. The same responsibility should be on a ref's shoulders. Now, again, we come back to, well, they're not paid to, they're not paid to train. Well, I don't think that we should have these standardized like lock-in pay where it's like, oh, this is the pay scale and that's it. You have contracts. Mm. You you know, it's a scale. It could be, you could be earning a million dollars. You could be earning $1.5 million. Yeah. So what you're, people are saying, well, they're not paid to do that. And you're saying, we will pay them to do that. There's, yeah. The money's you, there. But then of course, depending on performance. Some people get less, some people get heaps. Exactly. It's, it's a bigger scale. hundred percent. Yeah. And the contracts are non-guaranteed. So I'll get to, I'll get to how that works yeah. a little bit later Because no on. doubt they are, um, you know, they sit down and 
they have to look through. Of course. The, like, I know they've got to do that. But it's probably more so in front of a screen as opposed to I'm talking get about out on the hardwood. structured reps. Like yeah. you, you get in there and you ref. Show me how you're refing today. Yeah. Um, I don't want any rust yeah. you know, <laughs> before you go out on the best court in the world. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, establishing a review board too is, a, is is another big one. I know that they've got those processes and mechanisms in place. From what I understand and speaking to people, it's not. It, it's a bit of a boys' club. Not a boys' club. That's the wrong word to use. It's 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 a bit of an echo chamber. Yeah, um, I, can, I can imagine. I think that you need to have sort of uh, third parties involved, kind of like cops protecting cops. You know, yeah, yeah. Get rid of that culture within refing. I've got a board consisting of the highest caliber uh, former referees. So ones that, if you were to go back and retrospectively look at like all of the current statistics we're implementing and provide that for historically, mm. you identify like the best refs statistically, <laughs> and you yeah. you invite them to be on the review board. But then you also include coaches, you include players and analysts. So very, very diverse. And then they should be established to like review decisions and provide recommendations for improvement. So, you know, just great heightened accountability where they're not being held accountable by other people in the same club. Because mm. I don't, you know, we can see the problem with that. Again, the same club thing is so crucial. Yeah. In the same way, you know how players will defend players. Mm. You, you know, we see it now where NBA players will defend the indefensible when it comes to Russ. And I think it's like, and pl players like that. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're, it's like a fraternity and it's Definitely. clearly the same within refereeing and they band together because the whole world yeah. is screaming at them all the time. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's natural that they would band together. So I think that's an excellent point and um, essential in that process. And then you're obviously going to offer incentives for good performance, contract bonuses. Mm. You know how when we've got like NBA players, they will have, you know, you get a $500,000 bonus here for making – uh, the all-star team. Yeah, all-NBA or, or whatever it you may get, be. You, you know, you get $720,000 if you're all-NBA. Like you said, it's a million dollars if you're the MVP that year. It's one point five if we make the NBA finals. Sometimes there's huge ones. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's Sometimes massive Sometimes there's ones. huge ones where um, you make the all-NBA team and then you're eligible for a super max. Or yeah. Like it can be astronomical differences. Huge. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, you could build, offer the same performances. You, you establish those, like those KPIs for those that perform well. Um, and they're structured in the same way as contract incentives in the NBA for for players. They can earn up to you know twice as much for reaching certain milestones. Mm. I you know I think that's a great way to, of course you know you, you're spending more, but think of the how elevated the product becomes. Like imagine the output then, a ref that could earn one point five million dollars, two million dollars to ref, but they're exceptional. The games aren't blown. There's not weekly controversy. Yeah. There's not player frustrations. There's not coaches in press conferences having tantrums about. There's not fans that are disgruntled saying, I want to turn this shit off. It's just, it works like a well oiled machine. And, you know, they're getting rewarded for ensuring that the product is strong. Surely that's what the NBA wants. And it's got to give Adam Silver and everyone at NBA head office. So much pain when people compare the NBA. Oh, when they say, "Oh, it's just WWE," yeah, that yeah, must yeah, shoot yeah. them to tears. Well, now, yeah, now I'm getting into my last two points with this. These are the last two things that I sort of added to my idea. Uh, this is where we're getting a little bit more. Um, you know, some people would take exception to 
some of these ones. Mm. Everything I've said so far, I think is fairly reasonable, but you know, the, these ones, um, could be considered very uh, Nazi Germany, but I, but <laughs> okay. again, it, I'm still following the trend of tri- of having referees like players. It's it's important. I want them on the same level yeah. in terms of how they operate within the NBA. I'm interested to hear what's coming next because I skimmed your notes, but I don't think I got you, this far. got this far. Yeah. Well, in terms in in terms of sort of in continuing to encourage accountability, I think the refs should be held accountable for their decisions and face consequences if the performance does not meet the established standards. So refs should be fined the same way as players do for accruing too many, like, you know, technical fouls, for instance. Like, you know, a player will reach like 10 and then it's like fines and suspensions and so on. I think that um, the refs should be fined the same way as players do. Uh, You know, too many meaningful missed calls or egregious errors should result in compounding fines to a similar scale of NBA players, but proportionate to their season earnings. So I'm not saying rob them blind. I'm saying, you know, know, it's within reason, but you should, uh, and and we saw it with that Euro, European league or European, yeah, that European basketball league that fined a ref for a really bad call. Mm. Fines and suspensions for... I mean, imagine if you're a ref that's, that goes on a 22-game stretch of missed calls where, but I mean, miss, missed calls that uh, um, swing the game yeah. in, a, in, a, in a particular direction. Uh, you know, that, that could be a finable offense. So that's the interesting thing is like the, the context around the call yeah. and how that affects the fine. Yeah. So yeah. the Tatum-LeBron one, surely that, I don't know how exactly you turn this into numbers and yeah. how you measure it'll the... be very difficult it's not a problem you're gonna you can't, there's no overnight solution yeah yeah but that it has to be taken into account right like mm. the first play of the game mm. has got to be different to deciding the game yes yes yeah. yeah and i think um you know i'm not saying hand out fines willy-nilly there's you know there's got to be a uh a, a really the, the thresholds got to be high because I'm I'm not a, a fan of just you know punishing them for it's a difficult job to do. I get that. Can we please fine like have an extra large fine for when a ref screws up, then a player complains, and then the ref gives them a tech. That's what I'm saying. Everyone who's ever played basketball knows that is the worst thing yeah, ever, yeah. particularly when they're wrong. And they that's what I'm saying. I'm like, like you screwed you up. Now it. I'm mad. Yeah, I'm only human, mm. and now I get a tech. And now I'm actually ready to throw hands. I'm that mad. Yeah, I yeah. think I think um, or like you've ejected a player incorrectly. That's a fine. Yeah. That's a fine. Yeah. There could even be a suspension. Like remember when Joey Crawford could even be threw, ejected Tim Duncan for laughing on the bench yeah. at something completely unrelated. Yeah, come on, it's stuff like that that you deserve to be held, you know, publicly accountable for that. Yeah, um, because you're the one who's meant to be keeping order mm. and you're the one who's being petulant and misbehaving yeah it's, it's crazy yeah, yeah yeah that's poor behavior like mm. the same way that a, a player you know acting up on the court or doing something or you know you know you can't even look in the direction of another player you can't trash talk in the same you can't do anything without no co- you can't copying. celebrate a dunk you can't hang on the rim for an extra second but the refs can do whatever the hell they want whenever the hell they want to do it uh, with zero consequences yeah that's a bit be- that's been a huge sentiment that's come from 
NBA players the last week. Yeah. Is yeah. that nothing's going to happen to them. Yeah. They're it's, a protected species. Yeah. Again, yeah. they need a similar level of accountability to players. This is the thing. And every, everyone in the world, like I said before, who just works in an office for average yeah. or below average salary, yeah. they're yeah. held accountable. They can't get away with egregious no. stuff ups every single day. So then I think the last part of this is that then at the end of every season, because you've got like, you know, all the all the statistics. What happens if you're like a player on a one year deal, and you average five points a game, two turnovers, three turnovers, shoot thirty four percent from the field? What do you think is going to happen? Basically, what happens if you're Kendrick Nunn? <laughs> what happens really? You you, you you're, you're essentially out of, the, out of the league you at the end of your contract. Wave. Yeah, you're 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 off to China. So imagine if the I think that the bottom fifteen percent of performers in the NBA statistical like based on like the statistical performance and the peer review and all the rest, I think there should obviously be a little bit of discretion and exceptions to the rules. But, you know, as a general rule, like the bottom 15% of performers don't get their contract renewed. Um, and then the following season, then they get moved down to the G League the same way the players do. Mm. And then they have to ref the G League. And the only way they can get back up to the NBA again is to be in the top 10% of performers in terms of officiating in the G League, and then they're not good enough for the G League, or maybe they're down to NBA Academy level, or Global Academy, or some or some other pathways program. Not good enough for that, or maybe they shouldn't be refing. Yeah, right? not good enough for that. They're refing you and me on Monday nights. Ex- I mean, it's like, well, you know, the same way that if an NBA player is not good, if they're not good enough for the NBA, they're not good enough for the G League, they're not good enough for anything, and they can't make it to college. They go to China, they go to the NBL. Maybe they just like maybe they just play social comp. Yeah. Like maybe it's not your thing. Maybe you're just not <laughs> that good at a professional level. Yeah. That's okay. We hold you everybody pro- else to that high standard. Why am I handing out free passes to referees? <laughs> I'm not. You yeah. should be as good as the people. You should be at an equivalent level. Those days are over. Gravy train no more. The gravy train's done, mate. <laughs> you should be as good as the yeah. players on like yeah. a you know relative level. In, yeah. in terms of your craft, because you're out there in the best league in the world. There's only 450 people on planet Earth that get to play, but sometimes it looks like any nuffy off the street gets to ref. Yeah. Like it, that's all got to stop. And I think th- a plan like this, a set of systems and, and processes like these that we've just gone through, um, uh, will, would, would change the way. That, you know, refing refing's done in the NBA. I don't think I think that the worst part of watching NBL basketball is the officiating. That kills me. It makes some sometimes it makes games truly unwatchable. I don't think they're a league that's in a position to implement a system like this. They could do a, ver- a version of this, perhaps. But the NBA has all the money and resources in the world. They've got everything, so yeah. you can do it. You could be the gold standard for officiating. Yeah. Um, but I, that's something I'm passionate about. I think that something like that. It's not perfect, my plan. I admit that. There's there's some kinks, but that would be an incredible start. We've tried to fix the ref <laughs> fiasco. Yeah. I feel like we're always trying to fix We're always trying to fix something. something. The world hasn't changed a whole lot since the first time we tried to fix something, but I th- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you care so much about the game, you care about the product. Of course, you want to fix these things, right? You just yeah. want to have a better uh, and more enjoyable NBA experience. What's so wrong with that? At the very least, hopefully, this is cathartic for many of the frustrated individuals. We just get it off our chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were saying that some people might fight you on this. I'm not, or you know, those 
more extreme. I, I don't think the fans end, but I don't would. think they the fans won't fight you. No. Some of the refs, obviously, they don't want to lose any of their money. Yeah, and the NBA would probably, like, as a governing body, they'd fight it. People, refs are a protected species at the moment, so proposals like these send their heads into a spin. Yeah. But, um, you know, you can't... The, the league's ever-evolving. I mean, we put so much pressure on the players and everything else to, you know, continue to elevate and rise to a new standard. All I'm suggesting is that we do something similar for the officials. Well, do let us know what you think, as always. If you're a ref, let us know what you think. I know a couple of refs. I don't. Yeah, we've got one out there. I don't think they'll be... Yeah, we do. I'd love to hear what he thinks about this, actually. Let's... Yeah. I almost want to... I can't wait till this is live. I'm expecting so to get his reaction. my personal page to be tagged and oh, yeah. angrily messaged in all caps and keyboard to be mashed and all the rest of oh, it. But great. anyway, mm. do write in. Mm. Uh, some pain is on the way for us, mm. but we love it's it. worth it. Yeah. Worth it to try and fix everything. Yeah. Um, and I had a dream. <laughs> oh god I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, well, for more of those bold calls um, jo- join us again next week 